Welcome to the Atmosphere Church Podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this message. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our desire is to help lead you in experiencing God by following Jesus. If you want to find out more information about us, head over to our website at atmosphere.church. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. We want to talk about relationship goals over the next several weeks. And if you're not familiar with this term relationship goals, uh, let me just kind of let you in on what's happening. In social media, there's a hashtag called relationship goals. And actually, it's been posted 18 million times. The hashtag, or as us old school people call it, the pound sign. Um, It's been posted 18 million times. Now, what What you'll find when you're on Instagram and you see relationship goals is they will post normally a picture of a couple and they're normally, you know, in Hawaii or they're, you know, in Tahoe and, you know, there's this beautiful scenery around and the sun setting, you know, and this couple embracing, you know, just everything's perfect. And then it says hashtag relationship goals. Now, I have to say, before some of you look and scroll through your Instagram account and look at your person and say, why don't you do this with me? I just want to let you know that most of those pictures are staged, filtered, edited, and some of them aren't even a couple. Some photographer is trying to drive up his business and got a couple models, so that should let some of you off the hook a little bit. But here's one thing that, that I, I feel like, you know, relationship, like that's something that we're all familiar with and we all have in our life. That, that's something we all have in common together. And the Lord has hardwired us for relationship. And this is why when I say the first part, the relationship, we have that down. And even if you're an introvert this morning, You have relationship in your life. There may not be as many in your life, but you still have relationship in your life. And I want to take you to the very beginning of our Bibles, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and we read this where God creates relationship, at least for human beings. It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. First time in our Bibles that God says it's not good. Everything else is good up to this point, and this, this he's saying it's not good. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So God is declaring to us right at the beginning of his word that it's not good for us to be alone. Now, if you were here last week with Pastor Kevin, he spent some time talking about the power of unity. So we have to do life with other people, and most of us naturally do this because it's hardwired in us to have relationship. But this series isn't about necessarily relationships, but about relationship goals, because even though we all probably have relationship, not everyone has goals for their relationship. Now let me just kind of unpack this a little bit for you by going to the definition of what a goal is. It's defined as the result 
or achievement toward which effort is directed. So effort is directed and has to be directed to reach a goal. It's also defined as aim or end. So the result or achievement toward which effort is directed. Now, how many of you would say you have some relationship goals in your life? Maybe with your significant other, your family, maybe your friends, maybe even your neighbors. But this is what I know to be true for many of you. You don't have goals. And a lot of times, if we don't have relationship goals, we will be bound to have relationship ruts. And that's what happens in a lot of our relationships. And maybe today you're in a relationship rut because you don't have some goals. And if you don't believe me that there are some people that don't have goals for their relationship, think of that girl that you know that the first time a guy showed interest, she started dating him without really ever like thinking about what kind of guy is right for her. But because he slid into a DM or, or you know, there, there was just some kind of like a, a social media like or a friend said, hey, you know, you're cute. And, and then they, they just jumped into this relationship. Or how many of you know a couple that have been just perpetually dating forever and, and just have gotten comfortable in this place with, with not thinking about taking their relationship to the next step and getting married? Or a married couple that have traded in their former passion to the pressures of life and, and they're just kind of existing, or I should say coexisting, almost as like roommates instead of a married couple. And this goes even beyond just like romantic relationships. We're, we're talking about family relationship, uh, families that, you know, you, you don't have any kind of a plan in mind. Like once your kids get older, like what, what's that? How are you going to just maintain that relationship and make that relationship healthy with your adult children? Or even sometimes, you know, when you move into a new neighborhood, like a plan to like get to know your neighbors and, and have a relationship with the actual neighbors that are around you. See, here's what I, I really want to focus on. I don't want some of you to tune out because you're single right now, because whether you're single, dating, you're married, or you're single again, regardless of, of the status of your relationship, this series is going to be for you. Because we really want to dive deep into this idea of having relationship goals. So we talked about what a goal is. It's this achievement or result where we're showing effort towards something. So, you know, it is Valentine's Day, so I brought my Cupid bow and arrow, courtesy of Amazon.com, all right? Now, now I, I put on the screen, I, I, put, I, I put some uh, targets. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it. And by the way, if you can't see uh, the notes that we put up on the screen of the verses. If you go to the Bible app, version, uh, I believe it's uh, version on, on our um, little app store, and it's the Bible app, and you could follow along, go to events, and you can see Atmosphere Church and pull up our notes. But I started thinking about, like, if you're an archer, which I am not, <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good at, like, like, Nerf guns. 
You know, my, my son was right there at the, the beginning of all the Nerf gun frenzy. How many own a Nerf gun in your house? All right. I had like all of them. You know, every time Josiah would buy one, I would buy one just so that I have a weapon to come against him. All right. But, but uh, you know, just kind of just think about this right now. It's like, let's just pretend you're an archer. Now, an archer, especially one that's a competitive archer, you know, there's a bullseye, there's a target that is, is there that the archer is going to shoot at. There has to be a target in order for him to have this achievement, right, this result. But the target is just one aspect of the idea of the goal. The other part is what? Not just the target. Come on, church, help me. Come on. It's the aim, okay? So how many of you have ever, uh, ever done the, you know, the, the drunk baseball game where you just like spin around and, you know, and then you start taking off? What if, what if this was a real bow and arrow and I just started like this and I just like, you know, shot it up? I don't, oh, that's pretty good, you know? But that went far too, man. This is a, this is a cool gun, cool crossbow. But, but the idea is that if, if we're going to have a goal, we got to do two steps to this. We, we got we to gotta set our target, and we got to fix our aim. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, set your target, and look back at him and say, fix your aim. Set your target and fix your aim. So I want to I spend some time, before we even go into these next few weeks, talking about specific relationship goals. We, we want to just really look at this idea of having goals for our relationship and making sure that we're moving in the right direction. I want to take you to 1 John chapter 4 to talk about setting your target. Now, here's what you need to understand. If you don't set your target, this world will set it for you. Can I say that one more time? If you don't set your target, this world will set the target for you. And here's the trouble with that. The world's target is a moving target. What they say is functional relationship today is going to be irrelevant tomorrow. It's always moving. It's always, it's, it's crazy. It's all over the place. So what we want to do today is we want to look at God's word to help us set the right target. And God's word doesn't move. It's always the same. Matter of fact, the word of God declares that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's look at this. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Where does love come from? It comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Look at your neighbor and say, this is real love. This is real love. Now that we love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins, our mistakes, our shortcomings, our, our failures, our missing the mark. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Now what this scripture tells me when it comes to setting the right target, 
is that ultimately the right target for our life is Christ. It's Jesus. He's the target. Now, there's two elements of this target that I want to really highlight. And the first one, if you're, if you're taking notes, write this down. The completeness of Christ. The completeness of Christ. And, and this is so important. Because it talks about this idea that, that love is, is God. That, that this idea of love came from God and was demonstrated through his son Jesus. So when Christ is moving in our life, there's a completeness that he offers us. And this is so important for our relationships. Because let me tell you what I have discovered over the last 20-something years of leading church. That so many people are looking for someone else to give them something that only can come from God. And they look at every relationship in their life and they're trying to take this and take that and take this, but they're looking for a fulfillment from that relationship in a way that only God can fulfill them. Now, how many of you remember 25 years ago that famous movie with Tom Cruise, Jerry Maguire? How many remember that movie? All right. There's that famous scene right at the end of the movie. Right? Every, everyone's just like, you know, he comes in the room and he looks at her, this awkward conversation, and he says, I love you. And then what does he say? You complete me. Like the cheesiest line ever. And she said, You had me at hello. You complete me. Like, really, dude? That's all. But, but here's the idea. We, so many of us are looking at the relationships in our life to complete us. And I'm not saying we need to lower the bar with our spouses or whatever, that, that we're not supposed to be you know, moving towards, towards uh, love in, in our relationships. But when you start looking for that relationship to complete you in something that only Christ can do for you, then you are going to be sorely disappointed at that relationship. And eventually, that disappointment is going to, if you're not careful, turn into bitterness. Because that person is not going to be able to deliver what you feel they need to deliver to your life. Let me give you scripture. Colossians 2, verse 10. It says, And you are complete in Christ, who is the head of all principality and power. Write this down. Completeness brings on contentment. Completeness brings on contentment. Now, this is big for us because when you move your life into the completeness of Christ, then you will stop being a life taker in your relationships and you will then become a life giver for your relationships. Some of you, you're just taking, 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 and everyone's running away from you because you're just about ready to get in their pockets and take something from them. See, when you are complete in Christ, you go from a life taker to becoming a life giver. Hello, that's good preaching right there. God, God wants you to be a life giver. That's what he declares for your life. He wants you to be a life giver. But the only way that you are going to become a life giver is when you become complete in Christ and become content with the things that he has already placed in you. Are you complete in Christ? Because so many people that I talk with that go to church regularly, that pray sometimes, that open their Bibles occasionally, 
That's not being complete in Christ. And that's going to leave you in a position where you're going to be wanting more out of your relationships than your relationships will be able to give you. You've got to go all in with Christ to become complete in Christ. Are you with me? Are you tracking with me? So here's the second thing that we want to talk about, the character of Christ. So 1 John, we're reading, here's the completeness of Christ, that God is love, and that love is demonstrated in Christ, but here's the second nature. Like, when you're moving in this, when we're setting our target, we have the completeness that we have in Christ, he's our target, but then there's the character of Christ. He was sacrificial. Like, in this text in 1 John, we know we have love really defined, besides 1 Corinthians 13, which is probably preached in a lot of places but uh, today on Valentine's Day. But th- this is good for us because this is putting on display that which Christ has demonstrated in our own life. That he stood and gave himself for our sin, for our shortcomings, for the things in our life that we've done to offend God. And we've all done it. And Christ stepped out of heaven and into our place so that we would be spared, so that we would be rescued, we would be delivered. And what happens is, as we move ourselves into that kind of target, that character of Christ that was demonstrated for our life, we get to begin demonstrating that character to the other people around our life. Because here's what I will tell you, we will all be offended, we will all be wounded, we will all be hurt by another human being. But as Christ is moving in you, that character is filling you up, you will be able to move that character from you out to the other relationships around you. So that is setting your target. Now we're going to talk about fixing your aim, because you can have the right target, but your aim can be off. And let me tell you something about our culture and this world. Your aim can be right today, but it can get off tomorrow. Come on, how many know that? Your, your relationship today can be great, and then tomorrow, eh, you're a little off, and then all of a sudden, World War III breaks out in your house. Come on, you've lived it before. Like, what in the world happened? Like, can we just like press the rewind button and live yesterday out again? Because today is terrible. I've been married for 29 years, so I know what I'm talking about here, all right? So think about this, that, that not only do we set the target, we, we fix our aim And there's constant adjustments on the aim to make sure that we're hitting the target. Now, there's three main tools that God has equipped us with to help us fix our aim. And you need to know these. You need to use these. And if you do, your relationships are going to start winning. Here's the first one. Write this down. And that's the Bible. And I know you're thinking, well, obviously, I'm at church. I need, you know, more Bible in my life. But I believe we know this, but we're not using it the way God has given us the Bible to be used. It's our instruction manual. It's like as we're in the Bible, God is is showing us how to do our relationships right. I mean, if you've ever spent any time in the book of Proverbs, right? It's, It's the wisdom book of the Bible. And these Proverbs read like fortune cookie things, right? How many, let's confession time. How many have ever broken open a fortune cookie and we're like, that is for me. I needed that. That, yeah, I don't know how God did it, but he used this. How many, come on, confession, all right? Even some of you did the lotto numbers. You're like, I know, that's from God. That's, okay, that's a different message, all right? But 
But Proverbs kind of speak to us like that. So if you're ever like, man, you feel stuck in a relationship, I'm telling you, do, the, do a Proverbs roulette game. Like open Proverbs and put your finger down and say, Lord, guide my finger and, and let a couple of Proverbs speak into your soul. Proverbs is so good. But beyond Proverbs, pretty much the whole New Testament, right, is like Paul telling us how we are to get along together. Not, not just like spouses, but, but like just with people. And the Bible's there to talk to it. And not only does the Bible have all this like instruction for us, it gives us warnings through other people's lives. Have you ever studied the life of Samson, one of the judges of, of Israel? This guy was terrible. Like, talk about somebody that was missing the goal. Like, Samson is a train wreck. And that's why I know the Bible's real, because if I was writing the Bible, I would leave that whole episode of Samson out. It's just like, whoa, this guy was just next level. But then you got David, who at one point was like, you know, a man after God's own heart, but, but his aim got off. And we see the, the wreckage of his relationships because of the way he got off. So, so the Bible gives us these stories to kind of help remind us, like this is what happens when you don't set your target and fix your aim. So it reminds us. But then there's this next level thing where, where God gives you like a revelation just through a passage. Have you ever been reading the Bible and you get to a passage and it just feels like it just comes flying off the page and just smacks you in the face? Or is that just me? Have you, I, I love this. It's, I read a quote this week. It says, the Bible is the only book that when you read it, it reads you. <laughs> it is so true. I can't count how many times this has happened to me, but this happened to me a couple weeks ago. You know, I love, you know, things like the Bible app that will send you notifications, like, you know, every day it'll give you like the verse of the day, how many get that? It's great, it's a great little reminder, it pops up as a notification. Well, this one popped up and God used this in a powerful way for my life. Ephesians 4, 2 and 3. Always be humble and gentle. Wow, right there. <laughs> fail, <laughs> always be humble and gentle, wow. But that, why is it in our Bibles? To remind us, this is, this is the aim. Always be humble. And how many of our relationships would probably get a lot less messy if we were a lot more humble and more gentle? The third talk is gonna be about words that we use, so you don't wanna miss that if you have a problem with the filtering this thing right here. But always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Whoa. Be patient with each other. Now, I tell you, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's COVID-19. Maybe it's Southern California. Maybe it's a combo of both. But there are some impatient people in this city. Yesterday, I was just driving down Moore Park, and I was stopping to turn right because this young adult was skateboarding across the crosswalk. And this crazy lady started honking at me that I was stopping for this kid crossing the crosswalk. I, I think she wanted me to run him over. I was like, wow, lady, just chill out. Just be patient with each other. Making allowance, well, this is a big one. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. You gotta read that as one sentence. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. That, that means because you have Christ in you, you have a deep reservoir of loving people that are hard to love. 
How many of you have somebody in your life that you would label as, well, they're hard to love? I'm going to say that right now. No elbowing allowed, all right? But we all have somebody. It might be, you know, our our family member, it could be our boss. It could be somebody we work with. They're just hard to love. But see, God has put his love inside of you so you have an extra reservoir to love the people in your life that are difficult to love. Some of you came to church just to hear that. You got a reservoir of love to give away to other people that may be a little bit more difficult to love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, capital S. That's the Holy Spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. So I'm reading this, and I'm soaking this in, and my soul is being renewed, and my aim is being repaired. Because this is God's standard. And if I live this out, I am not only going to start changing my own life, I'm going to start winning in my relationships. When I start living this out to the people that are around my life, I'm going to start winning. And this is the word of God. So the Bible becomes a super weapon so that you can win in the relationship by helping you fix your aim. Here's number two is the church. Write that down. The church. So you got the Bible. You got the church. Now, when I'm talking about the church, I'm not talking just about a gathering like this, even though that's part of the church. Like, think about it. Like, one aspect is... In the church, you have inspiring talks. Every week that you show up, God is on scene speaking to your heart. How many of you have ever come to a gathering like this and felt like the pastor or the speaker had been following you around all week, making notes about what to talk about on Sunday because he knew you were coming? (laughs) Did you ever leave? Did you ever leave telling the person that invited you, like, did you text him? Did you tell him what was going on in my life? Like, no, bro. Like, he's a busy guy. He's not paying attention to, like, my text about your life, all right? So as much as you may have thought that, I want you to know that, that God uses gatherings just like this to make a heavenly deposit into your heart so that you will be inspired and have your aim adjusted. Because all of us, our aim gets a little kind of off during the week. And we need this gathering to kind of reset the aim and adjust our hearts. And how God does that is he inspires our souls. So instead of like walking in condemnation when you miss a gathering like this, and some of you are like, yeah, I just go kind of every once in a while when I make some time. I want you to kind of rethink church gatherings like this and not just think like, I've got to go to be a good Christian. I've got to go to church to be a good Christian. Throw that out. Crumble that up. Throw that out. And I want you to reframe this. I want you to think that every time I show up, God shows up and gives me a heavenly deposit that I need so that I can be a better human and start winning in my relationship. So every time you miss, you're missing a heavenly deposit. If I told you every time you go to the bank, you're going to get $100 in your account, how many of you would be going to the bank every day going, okay, I'm going, man. Pastor Jim says I go. They put $100 in my account. Every time you come here, God is making a deposit into your soul just by showing up. So the church is a valuable tool, weapon. But besides just the, the talks that we do, the worship that we, we sing, I mean, it's the relationships that we encounter in person. Like, God has put all of us together because he knows there are good examples for you to follow when it comes to your relationships. I will brag about Pastor Phil and Tana Robillard. 
45 years married a couple weeks ago. Celebrated 45 years. Can I tell you something? That doesn't happen on accident. That happens on purpose. If I were to interview Pastor Phil, I'm sure he would tell me that there are moments probably they, the air got a little turbulent. Am I right? Yeah, he's like, oh yeah. Or maybe they thought they weren't gonna make it, but here they are. And God put people like that in this place to be examples for you that just as God has been with them, God can be with you. But beyond that, there's some people here that have walked through some horrific divorces, but yet God has met them in the midst of their pain and healed them of the hurt of divorce and have them in recovery. And as you're going through a divorce, God has put some examples here how even in the midst of a divorce, God can show up and begin healing you from the inside out, that you're not alone in the space that you're going through. God has put other people here to help lift you up when you feel like falling down. And that's the power of the church. And here's the third thing, is that you have people that you can circle up with, that you trust, that you've built relational equity with, that you can say, I trust that guy. I trust that, that lady. Like, I've been with them in life. You know, it goes from that acquaintance, like you see them at church, and, and I give the, hey, you know, say hi to somebody after church. You're like, hey, how you doing? I'm fine. God bless you. I'm, I, I'm in love with Jesus. Hallelujah. And you're like, okay. I, I, I know that there's probably some other stuff there, but I know you don't know me, and I'm a stranger. But see, this is where life groups come in. When you start circling in the living room with other people and we start getting into the word of God and we start, start getting to know one another and pretty soon you find out that, hey, other people have things going wrong in their life too. It's like, okay, I can trust them. And then pretty soon, like, you know, it goes from this first meeting where it's like, you know, everything is great and hunky-dory to by the fourth meeting, you're really revealing yourself because you're like, okay, this is who we really are and this is what's really going on. And then... When you start letting people into that space, that's where healing takes place. When you start letting people in. But I get it. You don't let acquaintances into that space. You let friends, brothers and sisters that, that you really walked with and, and you've heard their scars and you've heard their stories. And so there is an element of trust that is developed within life. This is why we're such big fans of life groups because life change happens better in circles and rows not because like life groups are more powerful it's because life groups are more personal does that make sense like you, you start really getting into the nitty-gritty of life and every one of us should have some people on speed dial that we trust and that's the church i have people in my life i do that with and i i'm not i'm not uh intimidated to share with you that there was a season in the beginning of COVID where Tara and I were not firing on all cylinders. We've been married 29 years. And we weren't firing all cylinders. And it was all her fault. I just teasing because she's in the back. I, hey, it takes two to tango, right? So there's, there's problems on both sides. And, and I was just stuck so what do I do? I reach out to the people that I have this relational equity with, people that I trust, people I know are not going to go on Facebook and share like, hey, you'll never get what Pastor Jim told me today, right, or whatever. 
And I called a couple of bros. I just say, hey, pray for me. Pray for my marriage. And, and not only did they pray for they they spoke something to me. I was just stuck. I was being stubborn and hard-headed. And they broke through in a way that a friend that I have equity with can break through with. And I was able to go back and apologize and make things right because my aim was off. And it took some bros in the church to help me get my aim back. Do you have people that you've built relational equity with that you could do that when you know your aim's off? And how do you know your aim's off? Because your relationships are sucking. Can I just say that? It's just, you know, it's just they're not good. It's probably because your aim's off. Number three, write this down, the Holy Spirit. We've been talking a lot about the Spirit moving in our life. And I really believe we need to speak more about this. Because we're really not letting the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit has been given us to do, and that is to help us. How many of you would be willing to admit that you need some help in your life? The Holy Spirit has been given to you by God to help you in everything, but especially in your relationships. And how does the Holy Spirit help us? He convicts us. When our aim is off, the Holy Spirit will be on scene and be speaking to you, saying, hey, dude, you're off. Hey, lady, you're, that's not right. Shouldn't have said that. And you get that conviction. Conviction's a great thing. Don't, don't resist the conviction. It's actually a great thing. It means that God is working in your life. So listen to those convictions because those convictions are there to try to get you right. And the other things are the promptings, or as we called them a couple weeks ago, the nudges. And God has done so many amazing things to help me have better relationship with others. And I've noticed something about the Holy Spirit. The more that I'm tuned in, the more my relationships stay tuned up. The more that I'm tuned in to the Spirit of God, the more my relationships stay tuned up. It's when I'm tuned out, when I'm not listening. You know, we have to quiet the volume of culture so that we can hear the real talk of God telling us how we can aim better and win more in our relationships. We gotta quiet the culture. I don't know what that looks like for you. I gotta tell you, you know, there's a revolution happening with Gen Z's right now, the 20-somethings. They're turning off social media by the droves. If your followers have went down, it's not because people don't like you. It's just because they said, we are done with, uh, with comparison culture. We're done with it. And they're leaving it by the hundreds and thousands. And it's, it's awesome. It's a revival. But the more you're tuned in, the more your relationships will stay tuned up. When I first was married, I, I'm going to end with this story. When I was first married, I don't know how long Tara and I were married, maybe a month or two, and I was going to go to the grocery store, and I'm like, babe, I'm going to the grocery store. I mean, this is before cell phones. So she goes, okay. I go, do, do you need anything? She goes, give me some cereal. Okay, we love us some cereal. So she said, get, get some cereal. I'm like, okay. And I went to the grocery store, and I, then the moment hit me. I'm in the, the, the cereal aisle, and it dawns on me, there's a hundred cereals. Now, I've only been married to my wife just a little season, so I don't, I don't know what kind of cereal she's into. And so I'm like, okay, God, I know this seems pretty cheesy, 
But I'm going to ask you, through your Holy Spirit, show me what cereal to buy my wife. And whatever cereal pops in my mind, I don't know. If I miss this, whatever. It's, I'll buy the wrong cereal. But show me. Help me. Pick the right cereal. And immediately, Lucky Charms popped into my mind. <laughs> that could go a different way. <laughs> so I just got some Lucky Charms. I put it in the bag or the, 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 uh, the cart. And then I got home, we're unpacking the groceries, and she gets in the bag with the Lucky Charms, and she pulls it out, and she goes, oh, Lucky Charms, how'd you know this is my favorite? And I, I looked at her, I go, you're not going to believe this, but I prayed about it, and I felt like I was supposed to buy Lucky Charms. She goes, well, you did good. That was good and bad, because it's good in the sense like, man, I, I heard God, and wow, but it's bad because now my wife feels like I have ESP, and I can just dial it in, and anytime I, I don't deliver like that, she's like, you must not prayed about it, or else you would have known what I wanted. So that's where the good and the bad. But I believe God wanted me to have that experience with him right out the gates, because he wants me to win in my relationship with my spouse. And he wanted to use that as a teachable moment to say, Jim, if there's needs in your life, come to me. And I've given you my Holy Spirit to help you so that you can have the relationship, not only that you want, but more importantly, what I want and desire for your life. Folks, living this way is not only going to help you and change your life is going to change every relationship in your life not just with that significant other romantically it's going to affect you and how you relate to your children or to your parents it's going to affect how you relate to your siblings it's going to affect how you relate to your your uh, neighbors you are going to upgrade on on all levels of your relationships when you get this down, you set your target and you fix your aim. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official website at atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click the link that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.